0: Smart Home Show number 27. Today's guest, Chaz Flexman, the general manager of Wink. It's a good conversation. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Mike Wolf here. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. Today's guest is Chaz Flexman, the general manager of Wink, the new smart home spin-out from Quirky. And uh, I just wanted to catch up with Chaz and hear a little bit about uh, what he has planned for, for, uh, for Wink and a little bit about him. He comes out of the venture capital world and kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that as well. So it's an interesting conversation. You know, we had this conversation a few weeks ago. It's been crazy busy here. I have a whole bunch of great shows and interviews lined up. Also, going to be catching up with some of my friends uh, over at EH Publishing this later this week, and hope to publish out this weekend. We're going to talk about the state of the state with regards to this, the DIY smart home space. Julie Jacobson, long time. I've known Julie since the, the late 90s. She's been writing about home automation longer than anyone. So, look forward to that show this weekend. And we've got a whole bunch of other shows coming as well. So, hope you enjoy all these. If you want to on more smart home shows, please subscribe. Go to technology.fm and look for us in iTunes and Stitcher. You can find us there as well. Once again, thanks for listening everyone. My name is Michael Wolf, and here's my conversation with Jazz Waxman. Hey, uh Jazz Waxman, how are you? Doing quite well. Uh, thank you. You what is your role with Wink?
1: I'm the general manager of Wink.
0: Okay. And the Wink announcement came June, uh, and I I was taken a little bit by surprise, not not totally because I knew Quirky was doing some cool stuff. In Smart Home, but the spin out of a standalone company uh, was interesting and, and very kind of exciting, I think, for the industry. Talk about how that came about. When you guys were working on the, the Wink app, creating smart home uh, Smart Home app for like the GE products and the Quirky products, but at some point there was a des- decision to create something entirely different.
1: Yes, that's correct. So <clears throat> Quirky partnered with GE last year uh, to start bringing these uh, connected devices uh, to the market um, you know, in conjunction with the two companies. Um, and so as part of that, they obviously needed to kind of build out this, uh, this application to to control these different smart devices. And, um, at the same time, Quirky, uh, which is a community driven invention platform, um, where users submit more and more ideas or submit ideas online to, uh, uh, to, to bring to creation, um, you know, they, they started seeing a, a large percentage of the idea submissions uh, be app related. And so as they started creating these products for GE uh, and talking to various retailers like Home Depot, uh, realized that there was this need for, for kind of a, uh, a platform to be able to control all the connected devices and help kind of bring them to market and, and to the average consumer um, and, and again, in, in talking to Home Depot and, and some of these other manufacturers, uh, realized that, that Quirky was actually um, well-positioned to, to actually uh, to be the company to bring all them together, given the retail relationships it has, uh, and that at the heart of it, it's, a, it's really a software company. Um, and so uh, in conjunction with Home Depot and, and uh, you know, 14 other amazing partners, um, we made the decision to... Um, kind of spin Wink out uh, as a, you know, wholly owned subsidiary uh, to actually kind of create this this uh, platform for connected devices, which we launched uh, just about a month ago.
0: And so that decision was made late last year or how long ago was the decision made and kind of, so I'm just trying to get an idea of the timeline from, hey, this is something we want to do to the announcement in June.
1: So Wink was... Uh, you know, legally formed last November, but really kind of the idea for it and the work on it started kind of, uh, you know, in Q3, Q4 of
0: last year. And you guys are now a standalone company you're running and how big is the company in terms of people?
1: We're a, we're a wholly, wholly owned subsidiary of Corky. Um, the, the decision to, to, to separate Wink out was made um, given that, you know, we want to have an open platform. We want to partner with companies uh, that make, products that compete directly with Perky uh, because we think uh, at the core of it, that's what offers um, consumers the best experience and the the most choice. Uh, And so that's kind of what was the, uh, the genesis of of that decision. Um, You know, we're located in a separate office and we have about uh, 30 plus employees at this point.
0: Okay. And as you said, you had 14 partners at launch, I think 60 items were launched. How did you go about, I mean, it makes sense that home Depot was a key partner um, and, and GE obviously, but how did you decide upon the original set of hardware partners or how did you go about discovering the guys and, and bringing them into the fold?
1: So um, the partnership with Home Depot had a large part of it. I mean, Home Depot has, I believe, over 600 products uh, in stores and online uh, yeah. that are connected. Um, and so they had a number of these different brands that were talking to them, asking you know uh, about either being connected or, or how they all work together. Um, and so we really kind of tried to focus on on brands that were um you know, household names that that were brands that, that people knew and relied upon, um, you know, because I think that's a big part of, of what's going to drive the adoption with mainstream consumers. Um, that it's not just the DIY solutions or startups, but it's actually brands that they kind of already have in their houses uh, and know and trust.
0: You know, what's interesting to me is you guys are integrated with Android Wear as well as Android Mobile and, and iOS. And when you look at the broader consumer Internet of Things, it certainly goes beyond uh, – things like light bulbs and locks and and what I would call home systems into things like people are going to wear on their wrists, like wearables. So do you ultimately see Wink as a platform that goes beyond what you could categorize as a smart home into things like touching wearables, uh, other things like that?
1: You know, I think our the core of our mission is to make connected devices accessible. Um, and I think wearables like Android Wear is a perfect example of how, um, uh, consumers are, are changing the interaction and behavior that they have, uh, with the various devices, whether it's in their house or, or around them. Um, and that it's a great kind of medium, uh, for them to really kind of help drive this adoption or help, you know, change some of this behavior. Um, and so, you know, doing things like shortcuts or kind of different triggers or robots, um, from, from an app that's on, uh, on the wrist is, is, you know, a perfect kind of extension of, of, um, making the devices accessible. Um, uh, you know, so you don't actually have to pull the phone out of your pocket. You, you know, you uh, you can kind of access access them even easier. Um, you know, I can't comment specifically around kind of future uh, future partner plans, but um, uh, you know, we're I think we're excited just to, to bring more and more of the products that people uh, rely on every day. You know, uh,
0: to, to the consumer. The hub was uh, you. You talked as you, you talked about it as. I'll edit this out because I, I got a little bit of echo there. You know, you talked about being a software company at the start, and you had the Wink app to uh, before the hub evolved and, and came about. But when you launched the hub, that was that was interesting um, because I tell, tell us about that decision because you you had the Wink app that would allow anything that a Wi-Fi connection to be controlled, and you have certain branding around that being Wink app ready, for example. But you created the hub with Z-Wave radios and Zigbee. And Bluetooth LE. So, d- was part of the decision because there's a, a wider universe, obviously, advice is beyond just Wi-Fi. Talk about the the idea of creating a smart home hub.
1: Sure. Uh, again, you know, the idea of the, the smart home or home automation has been around for a while, and there's been you know a number of different protocols uh, that have been developed, um, all with varying degrees of success. Uh, and so, the idea behind the hub was was really to uh, you know, do the consumers make it about the products and not the protocols and have uh, a hub that spoke with, you know, uh, has six different radios in it uh, to work with a number of the existing devices that are out there today? Or, um, you know, for example, uh, when it comes to locks, uh, you know, they're really mostly kind of Z-Wave locks that we see kind of out there today with a a few kind of Bluetooth ones uh, being added to the market. Um, You know, we think that's an important part of the ecosystem. We wanted to make sure that um, that... uh, uh, Consumers were able to use that technology, but um, you know, so we wanted to make this kind of hub that was all inclusive with kind of all the major uh, protocols, and again, to make it as simple as possible for consumers to actually be able to control these devices in their house and not have to worry about, well, do I, you know, do these Z-Wave and Zigbee devices work together, or will that work with um, you know products that I have in my house that uh, that are Zigbee or Z-Wave or these other controlled by these other radios?
0: The rollout after announcement was fairly fast. Obviously, that's because you were working on it for a long time. But rolling out to 2,000 Home Depot stores from a retail distribution standpoint is a a large task. And, you know, one of the challenges I I see with smart home is consumer education. And, you know, you have your your branding that shows certain devices are compatible, maybe just uh, without the hardware hub. You have some with the branding that shows you need the hub. That seems to me that could be challenging from a uh, i guess a consumer education standpoint, and then making sure that the the home Depot uh, people are qualified to talk about that, so talk a little bit about that process, how you worked with Home Depot uh, and kind of got ready to do th- what what probably is a large degree of consumer education
1: sure you know it's it's uh um... Something that we we continue to work on and we'll continue to focus on because I think you're you're spot on the consumer education of this market uh, and how they all work together is uh, is key uh, and is is incredibly important. Um, you know, Home Depot is no. Uh, They've done, you know, this isn't their first rodeo when it comes to, you know, national rollouts. and They know how to do, uh, do, you know, associate training and have programs for that internally. Um, and so we, you know, really relied a lot on them um, along with uh, things that we do within the application to make it very easy to understand and talk about. So, um, you know, we don't have, uh, um, you know, fold-out packaging, for example. We do uh, kind of assisted provisioning. And so, you know, it's at least within the application and you can see it and it's very kind of easy to explain. Um, and so we we try to do as much of that to to help with the education process, um, uh, and then we continue to work with Home Depot to help with the everything from associate training to um, you know uh, in store demos and and uh, you know as they kind of roll out some uh, uh, in store exercises around home automation and workshops. Uh, you know I think we're really excited to kind of use um, and work with Home Depot and the incredible presence that they have and and uh, um, you know presence that they have in, in, in consumer mindshare uh, to help kind of drive that adoption and that education because it's, you're right, it's not something that happens overnight uh, and that people have to kind of see the value. And um, something that we'll focus on, as like I said, a lot going forward um, when you think about um, you know, every consumer has a different kind of hook into this. For some people, it's really important to know that their doors are locked and their garage doors is closed uh, versus some who want to be able to control their lights and others who are very focused on kind of energy and, you know, um, saving power and money uh, that comes along with using some of these devices as well. And so, um, you know, there's lots of different uh, ways to educate the consumer and, and uh, we'll continue to work with Home Depot to, uh, uh, to help roll that out.
0: From a Z-Wave support perspective, you guys indicated on your site that you guys, you know, Z-Wave will certainly work with all those that have been approved, and may work with some others. And I've noticed uh, I was looking at the Amazon reviews today, and some of the frustration has been around, uh, as often is the case with you know, if product first comes out. Some of the frustration with the hub, the Wink Hub, was the fact that it doesn't work with a lot of Z-Wave or, or some do Z-Wave devices. So, talk about the interoperability of Z-Wave. Um, and how you're addressing that and, and how that's going to grow over time.
1: So we've done a number of things uh, since launch to, to help kind of with that education. You know, we rolled out um, uh, an FAQ section that has it, um, uh, a, a whole portion on, on Z-Wave. Um, you know, we've, we've changed from the UI to kind of uh, uh, to bring forth the kind of generic provisioning um, uh, of new devices and how to kind of, uh, which devices actually work with, um, uh, work with the hub. You know, I think it was our, our decision that we wanted to focus on these kind of partner supported products um, where we were actually able to offer you know customer service uh, that ties in with these uh, various partners that we have uh, and really a bit of a deeper experience um, but you know we work with um, uh, you know, binary switches, multi-level switches, uh, generic types of thermostats, and generic types of entry control, uh, which really you know does give us um, uh, allow us to work with a number of, of kind of existing Z-Wave devices. But um, um, certainly, with a with a uh, kind of command class like Z-Wave that's been around for as long as it has, you know, we weren't able to kind of integrate with every um, every Z-Wave product out there, and we'll continue to kind of add them um, over the course of you know the coming uh, coming year. But um, um, you know it's uh, there's always trade-offs between being able to go deeper with these with these partners that we've started with versus having uh, kind of a broad you know z wave uh, uh,
0: integration so if it's for example a z- wave smartwalk that's not a partner or a wave light bulb currently those won't, those won't be supported and may not be supported in the near future
1: so we support uh, the following type of generic Z-Wave Plus devices. So on and off light switches can plugs, so binary switches, um, dimmer switches are plug-in mol- uh, modules, which are multi-level switches, um, generic types of thermostats, and generic uh, entry control. Um, but again, Z-Wave Plus devices.
0: So talk about um, the, the, some of the things that you guys have rolled out in terms of uh, that is unique around the app platform, the app platform, or robots. In shortcuts. So can you explain what each of those are? Sure. Um, so
1: robots are, uh, we like to think of them as, as robots are doing things for you. Uh, so kind of the if-then statements uh, within the app that you can set by location, uh, by timing uh, for different triggers to ha- happen. So things like, you know, when I unlock my door, you know, turn on a certain light or turn on a radio uh, or, you know, turn on my, my um, uh, air conditioner. Uh, shortcuts are multiple things happening with one button. So, you know, if you want to go to um, or say goodnight, you can say goodnight with Wink and hit one button to, for example, close all the shades in your house or turn off all the lights in your house.
0: And your technology uh, has geofencing capabilities that that is used with GPS. So, talk about that.
1: Yeah, you know, we think it's uh, it's something that we we rolled out with Aras, and um, we think is um, a great feature to have for people. Um, so, obviously, you know, there are things. Uh, that we don't allow like unlocking your doors via geofences, um, given you know, we want to make sure that uh, uh, we always uh, focus on safety, safety and privacy. But um, for things like your uh, your air conditioner, for example, uh, it's you can set up geofences so that when you're on your way home and within a certain distance, uh, you know it'll turn on or off.
0: Got it. And that is something that the consumer has control over. If they don't want geofencing, is there a switch within the app that they could shut it off?
1: Yes it's uh, uh, none of these robots or shortcuts uh, become preset uh, they're, it's up to the consumer to set them all. We don't want to uh, force them on, on the consumer but give them you know uh, the access and controls that they want you know at their own discretion.
0: The initial wink app worked with Wi-Fi enabled products and and like we said, the hub opened up to a much broader number of products. Can you do you know the, the breakouts in terms of what devices are wink app comp- compatible through directly with through Wi-Fi versus those that are through the hub? at this point yeah so it's about
1: half and half uh, to be honest um and at least in terms of kind of the, the manufacturers uh, when it comes to the certain uh, number of SKUs, i, I don't uh, have that offhand but you know i guess the way to kind of think about it um is you know devices that don't ha- or that are um uh, sensitive to kind of energy or range so if you put a, a wi-fi chip within a um Within a door lock, for example, uh, you know, it, it during the battery in, in just a week or two, uh, which is why radio frequencies like Z-Wave are so powerful because um, they allow that, uh, that lower power uh, communication uh, to kind of minimize, you know, again, the amount of power that it, uh, it would take um, to control that lock.
0: Sixty products announced at launch. Has that changed at all since, since the get-go, or are you guys still kind of at the same number?
1: Uh, we're still at the same number, although we'll certainly be rolling out more over the course of this year.
0: And uh, Bluetooth, Bluetooth Energy is one of the, the radios within the hub. How many devices use Bluetooth? or Do you, do you have many devices that use Bluetooth?
1: Uh, no, not currently. Uh, it's just part of our provisioning process.
0: Got it. And like you said, you know some of, a lot of the new class of smart locks, for example, are using it. You, you guys are working with Dropcam, which has Bluetooth, so there's certainly a need for it.
1: Yeah, it, I think it's certainly a, a protocol we see is um, uh, playing a big role in the smart home going forward. Uh, and so it's something we want to make sure that we support and, and um, you know are able to kind of include over time.
0: You know I've uh, took a couple small breaks this summer as I've gone on little camping trips and every time I go off on a vacation, it seems like there's a new smart home standard announced when I come back. It's been kind of a crazy summer. <laughs> certainly. Thread was announced. Um, what are your, What are your thoughts of some of these newer standards?
1: Uh, certainly, um, you know I think they're they're quite exciting and, and uh, uh, they offer a lot of uh, advantages and advantages to the consumer. Um, you know, in terms of Thread, uh, we're excited to to be able to integrate with them when they open it up to the non founding members. Uh, in, you know, the first half of 2015. Um, so it's it's definitely standards that we want to we want to support and, and embrace uh, where we can and where it kind of helps drive that uh, consumer adoption. So.
0: so you can envision th- th- uh, the the Wink Hub being a, a Thread controller, if you will.
1: Uh, yeah, we, you can you can imagine Wink uh, integrating with Thread.
0: And do you, do you see um, – so you have, like we talked about, the Wink app that controls Wi-Fi devices. But there's all these other classes of devices like Z-Wave and Zigbee that need some sort of intermediary device. But certainly there's been talk, and I've written about possibly, the, the idea that the discrete separate hub eventually over time disappearing as that capability goes into more recognized devices. So do you ultimately see potentially the, the, the possibility of – uh, a controller or hub capability built in some of the other devices you do or you, cr- you are selling or, or building around Wink?
1: Um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see w- how it evolves over time. You know, certainly there are challenges around adding, you know, wifi, for example, uh, to devices, you know, both, uh, from a cost perspective as well as the, uh, the battery power. And so, you know, I think the industry probably needs a couple more years to, to, uh, let law take hold. And, and for these cost of these things, to continue to come down. Um, uh, So, you know, do I think the protocols of today are are going to, you know, just overnight disappear? No, but, um, um, you know, I I certainly think uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth um, are definitely a a look to the future.
0: The price point for the the hub was surprisingly low. Um, I think $50 was lower than a lot of the ones out there. How did you guys arrive at such a low price point, particularly with all those radios you packed in there?
1: Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, I guess, probably a testament to our engineering team. But, um, uh, you know, we really, we're not building our business around selling the hub. Um, you know, we're really focused on, on making these devices accessible. And we think um, that having a super high-priced hub um, represents a barrier to that adoption. And so we wanted to make this um, as low of a price point as we possibly could to help kind of drive that adoption and, and make sure that consumers are buying these devices and seeing the value in, in having a connected home.
0: I have yet to uh, make my way out to Home Depot. I, get, I need to do this soon to check out the Wink display. So describe what the typical Home Depot um, end cap or presentation of Wink devices is, is looks like from a general standpoint. And, and, and are there maybe more kind of superstore kind of uh, 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 displays where they may be a little bit more – uh, or proof of concept, or or kind of concept type of stores. Do, talk about the retail presentation. Do, is there kind of a standard, and maybe there's like kind of a, a super presentation?
1: Yeah, yeah. At this point in time, there's just a standard um, end cap display in, in each of the stores. Um, uh, it's just under two thousand stores in America. Um, you know, it's it's a it shows off kind of wink um, the products that are both uh, wink cap compatible. Uh, and require a hub or Wink app ready, you know, that don't require a hub. Um, and then, uh, you know, some of the kind of use cases or, or value propositions around uh, um, around Wink and, and what having smart home uh, products in your house, you know, can really do for you. Um, we've also done things, you know, like building into, into uh, some of the packaging of, of some of our manufacturing partners to help educate the consumer. And then, you know, we also realized that consumers aren't always um, going to an end cap to look for Wink, and so, or you know, to look for these smart products. And so, um, you know, there's there's some presentation uh, in um, the various aisles where Wink uh, Wink-enabled products uh, can be found around, you know, to helping to show the consumer that these products are connected and, and do work with Wink as well.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of a natural evolution, right? I mean, I know with Lowe's, for example, which, which has an, a separate platform in Iris, you know, there's a, obviously a lot of NCAP presentation, but they've also over time, there's, a, you know, I've talked to them, the, the migration towards back into the aisles where you go and you you go to the lights aisle, you go to the lockout, and you'll find those that are compatible with the platform. That that's kind of an evolution. You guys it sounds like you're already kind of working on that from a like a each each sector, each aisle that has particular products. You're working on that already. Yes, that's correct. And and if I were to go to Home Depot and just walk through the store and ask someone about home automation or smart home, I mean, has there are the chances that I need to find a specific person, or is everyone within a Home Depot store received a base level of education around around Wink?
1: You know, the education process is certainly an evolution, uh, and I think Home Depot's done a great job of it thus far. Uh, you know, whether I can say that every associate in the store um, will be able to know and talk to Wink, uh, you know, is, is probably hard to say. But um, certainly they, they continue to roll out uh, various educations and, and uh, um, tools internally wow. to help kind of drive that, uh, that um, uh, knowledge around Wink and, and what these connected products mean.
0: And you you actually, your background is interesting. You're actually uh, a guy who's working within a venture capital firm, Andreessen Horowitz. Talk a little bit about your background.
1: Sure. Uh, so prior to joining Wink, I spent uh, just under three years at Andreessen Horowitz. Um, I joined there uh, when it was still fairly early on, you know, 25-ish employees. And uh, by that time I left, it was um, about 100, and, a little over 100, if not 110 employees, uh, which was uh, a phenomenal experience to be a part of. Um, Uh, I was a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, you know, uh, involved in a number of different conversations from some of the investment conversations to, um, uh, to work with kind of each of the different operating teams they had internally, uh, and then working with our portfolio companies to figure out how the firm could kind of add value back uh, with the various services uh, it offered internally. So, uh, fantastic education uh, to to work with so many incredibly indiv- incredible individuals, um, both from the general partners to you know the folks that were on their marketing teams, their sales and BD teams, their uh, um, HR and uh, and recruiting teams. Um, so it uh, yeah it was it was uh, an incredible time and experience there.
0: And was there a relationship with Andreessen, with Quirky? I mean, talk about wh- how did you make the jump to Quirky and then to Wink from, from that? Was that something you were looking to? And was there a relationship there?
1: Yeah, I, I certainly um, uh, had gotten to know Quirky fairly well through uh, through my time at Andreessen Horowitz, um, Ben and, and some of the other members of the team, and uh, Nathan Smith, who is the former CTO of Quirky, who's now the head of engineering at Wink. Um, and uh, I knew that I always wanted to go into the operating side of the. Of, of the house um, while I enjoyed kind of, you know, my time at Indies and I definitely kind of knew that that was, uh, that was always the, the path that I was going to go on. And so um, I kind of started those conversations around, around making a switch and, and was incredibly intrigued by uh, everything that quirky and then specifically what Wink was doing, um, you know, for a number, for a number of reasons. Um, hopefully some of those that are evident, evident today uh, after
0: we've launched Hey, well, Chaz, thanks so much for taking time to catch me up on what's going on with Wink, telling us a little bit about the evolution there and also about your story. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So that's it, my conversation with Chaz Flexman. Uh, Everything's getting going over there. You could tell that they're ramping up, uh, looking to roll things out further. And so we caught up with Chaz pretty early in the process in terms of their rollout. And so I hope you learned a little bit about where they are. And, hey, if you want to listen to more Smart Home shows, you know where to go, Technology.fm. If you want to read more about the smart home space, uh, want to get a free copy of our executive summary on the DIY smart home market, go to nextmarket.co. You can find some interesting information there as well. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening. My name is Michael and We'll talk to you soon.